Thinking Aloud, conversations on the leading edge of knowledge and discovery with parapsychologist Jeffrey Mishlove. Hello and welcome. I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. Today, I want to remember one of the most inspirational and controversial figures in the field of parapsychology, a man who influenced me at the very start of my work in this field when I was still a graduate student at Berkeley. I'm talking about Andrea Puharich. Uh, Puharich first came to my attention <laughs> When I moved to California in 1969, and he had written a book about the sacred mushroom, the Amanita muscaria mushroom, and which is a psychedelic mushroom. And uh, he reported having discovered them growing near a property he had in Maine, in the state of Maine. Uh, and a number of very interesting coincidences that seemed to occur around the uh, use of that mushroom and uh, its historical and mystical significance. I, I learned about this uh, from friends when I first moved to California. And I recall at the time my roommate, Peter Hartman, who is another very interesting story. Yeah, I may tell someday about Peter, shared with me his reflections on having met someone who bought the book, The Sacred Mushroom, and within uh, a few days of having purchased the book, discovered the same Amanita muscaria mushrooms growing on his own property. So, from the very beginning, Puharich had this reputation as being something of a magician, so a magical person, a magic man. And uh, he was also well known in the early years for having written the book Beyond Telepathy. It's actually one of the best books uh, about telepathy, to my knowledge, ever written. He had a very simple theory, which is that telepathic transmission occurs when uh, we are emotionally aroused, I believe he would say, in an adrenergic state. Now, Puharich was a professor of surgery at New York University, a very esteemed doctor with, I think, 50 patents to his name. And uh, so, telepathic uh, transmission occurs in this aroused state. Telepathic reception occurs in a relaxed state. He called that the cholinergic state. I'm going to link right now to uh, one of my interviews with Charlie Tart, who was one of my professors at Berkeley. I think he talks about his 60 years in parapsychology. He's still way ahead of me in that regard. But he got his start working with Andrea Puharich. And one of Andrea's other early experiments had to do with the use of the Faraday cage for uh, enhancing psychic abilities. And Charlie was able to replicate that work. So, uh, at the scientific level, Puharich was quite a pioneer. Uh, in 1973, I moved into the Institute for the Study of Consciousness in Berkeley at the invitation of the founder, Arthur Young, the inventor of the Bell helicopter. And I learned from Arthur, who was 70 years old at the time, I was in my early 20s still, uh, that he had worked 
with Andrea Puharich as well in the state of, of Maine. Puharich had set up the Roundtable Foundation and he was working with a trance medium who uh, produced uh, seances. Well, they were like seances or perhaps more like channeling today. And in through those channelings, Puharich came to uh, establish communication with an entity known as the Nine. Well, maybe you could say a group of entities. That was a little bit unclear. But the Nine were supposedly associated with the Galactic Confederation and UFO phenomena. So, Puharich already had a great interest in that. And Arthur Young, who became my mentor and a, a very inspirational figure, a brilliant cosmologist, developed his deep, profound interest in UFOs at that time. Puharit seemed to show up just about everywhere. Uh, for example, in the famous book, uh, of so a sociological book written in the 1950s by Leon Festinger, uh, it's a book about a UFO cult in Minnesota. The name of the book is When Prophecy Fails. Uh, I have much more to say about that book. It might be a very interesting discussion for a future in presence, uh, monologue because the, the book itself, I think, is a failed prophecy. But that, that's another long story. The interesting thing I want to mention is this UFO cult in Minnesota also had interactions with Dr. Andrea Puharich. I just mentioned that in passing. I first met Andrea, or I first heard him speak in about 1971-ish when the uh, there was an organization in the San Francisco Bay Area that only lasted a few years. It was called the Academy of Parapsychology and Medicine. And they uh, hosted a large symposium at um, a, 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 to Anza College in uh, on the peninsula in the Bay Area. And Andrea was one of the speakers there. And at that time, he reported on his discovery of Arigo, the surgeon with the rusty knife, the, one of the very first examples of psychic surgery. And Puharich said that even as a medical doctor, he let Arigo uh, operate on him. He took out his rusty knife and removed a cyst from uh, Puharich's arm, as I recall. This uh, whole episode, incidentally, is written up in a book by John G. Fuller called Arigo, the Surgeon with the Rusty Knife. A few years later, I was already working at KPFA Radio in Berkeley in 1972-ish, uh, as, as I recall, 1973. I think it was 72. And I sponsored a big conference on the Berkeley campus, Zellerbach Auditorium. We had thousands of people. Um, well, I think the auditorium held 1,800, and it was pretty near packed. And I invited Puharich to be one of my speakers. It was at that event, uh, which attracted a lot of news because he made his first announcement about his discovery of the Israeli psychic Uri Geller. And I had uh, Puharich delivering seminars in Berkeley to uh, students at the time ab about his work. I, I at the time was also uh, head of a, a small 
program on the Berkeley campus called the Health Information Program, where Puharich came and and lectured. So uh, all of this was going on. We later brought Uri Geller to the uh, Berkeley campus, where uh, various members of the physics department and uh, other professors had a chance to witness firsthand some of his demonstrations. I know every time I talk about Uri Geller, the skeptics crawl out of the closet and say, he didn't perform on Johnny Carson. Um, I'm not even going to bother to address that. So what? <laughs> That's my response to that. Uh, he didn't perform on one occasion. That's true of just about every psychic. But Puharich wrote the book Uri, and in it, he describes it in great length, Uri's communications with what appeared to be UFO entities. And described as well their travels together in Israel and the UFOs they observed there at the time. And I happened to try and track all of that down. Much of it is all written up in my first book, The Roots of Consciousness, published in 1975. Let me say a little more about Andrea Puharich. One of the other great psychics he discovered was Peter Herkos a Dutch psychic who was well known for uh, working with the police, solving crimes, and also uh, working with researchers and uh, doing good research. I learned recently, doing a, a little background investigation for this monologue, that Puharich actually appeared on the Perry Mason show. The, uh, it's a courtroom drama show in which he played himself talking about uh, exposing fake mediums. And Puharich, in fact, did. He went to, uh, I believe it was Camp Chesterfield, a spiritualist camp uh, spoken of highly by some of my guests. Uh, but in any case, Puharich apparently discovered that they were faking uh, ectoplasm by uh, swallowing cheesecloth and then producing it out of their mouth, uh, uh, that sort of thing. So, uh, he had exposed uh, frauds as well. At least he believed that he had. And I think most people were inclined to believe that. Uh, looking back, I wonder uh, actually if that was the case, because I know uh, it's it's really one of the great paradoxes that sometimes authentic phenomenon of a spiritualist nature, a phenomenon that really cannot, if you look in detail, cannot be explained away. But as soon as you see the photographs, they look as phony as you can imagine. Too phony, really. And <laughs> but that's another story. There's much more that could be said about Andrea Puharich. He continued uh, after uh, he and Uri had uh, sort of a parting of the ways. I think Uri Geller, um, who I still regard as a friend, did not wish to be associated with all of the UFO stories uh, and transmediumship and things that Puharich was working with. Uri wanted to be on his own, to be independent of Puharich. Not that he ever denied any of the claims made about Puharich in that regard, but Puharich continued working with other mediums, as I recall, a medium named Joyce Pechik went into trance, was receiving communications from the nine, the same group of entities. And uh, he was getting funding from uh, a wealthy 
British financier, as I recall, traveling around the world, going to different airports to meditate in different countries for world peace. Uh, and he had a watch, apparently, that was synchronized. And he had to be in certain airports at particular moments in time in order to produce these meditations. Well, he w went through a few marriages back in those days as well. And uh, as I recall, uh, his house got burned down. He had a house in Ossining, New York, near another friend of mine who, who lived there and uh, just north of New York City. Uh, his house got burned down. I think he thought maybe the CIA was after him. Um, he died in North Carolina in 1995. He was living on the estate of Joshua Reynolds, as I recall, a tobacco heir. And my friend, Elizabeth Rauscher, who's been interviewed on this channel several times, was with him at the time of his death. They were all living there on the uh, Reynolds estate together. Uh, as she explained it to me, he practically died in her arms. And I guess it was sort of a tragic death uh, at the time. Uh, they were all sort of um, dislocated, you know, living on this estate. They had uh, all of these people who had lost their homes, basically, lost their own places to live. And then uh, I believe when Joshua Reynolds died, the um, attorney managing the Reynolds estate asked them all to leave, which is about the time, I believe, when Puharich himself died. And Elizabeth, who was a dear friend of mine, passed away a, a few years ago as well. So we're talking about a lost generation. But I can say this, Puharich was a big inspiration to me. And, and a supporter of my work when I was just a graduate student. He gave me a copy of his book, Uri, and inscribed it uh, in a beautiful way. He said he knew I had a glorious career ahead of me. And uh, maybe, maybe he was right because I have to say I do feel like uh, I, I, I'm so blessed to be able to uh, do what Joseph Campbell has recommended to the viewers of the original Thinking Aloud series, follow your passion. And I can say this about Andrea, he did, he followed his passion. There's much more that could be said about him. He worked with military intelligence. He was involved in some of the early LSD experiments. Uh, I think, uh, sponsored by military intelligence. They were very interested in his sacred mushroom work, as a matter of fact, back in the 1950s. So he was a colorful figure, a controversial figure. He was never really considered a, a um, he was in parapsychology. I think, uh, Many people in, let's say, the uh, J.B. Ryan clique in, at Duke University viewed him as, as kind of a, a wild, a, a loose cannon, perhaps might be the best way to put it. And I suppose you have to say he was, but I, I think of him very, very fondly. I uh, happen to notice that uh, his son, Andy is working on a documentary about his life. Uh, you will read about Andrea in various books. He seems to pop up just about everywhere. Well, 
Let me close by asking you this question. To what extent are you following your passion? Thank you for being with me.